Does your business spend $500 a month or more on gas and electric bills? Did you know by making a simple free phone call, you can save up to 25% on your bill every month? What could you do with a 25% savings on utility bills every month? Energy deregulation is now available in your state. Making one simple phone call will show you how we can lower your gas and electric bills instantly. With no changes to your bill and no enrollment fee. This is a free service. The only thing you'll notice is a lower bill every month. Call U.S. Power & Light right now. Learn how easy it is to lower your utility bills for your business and save money. We promise. So if you spend over $500 a month on your gas and electric bills, please call right now and unleash your savings. 800-941-3381. 800-941-3381. That's 800-941-3381. The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for Radiolawtalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, Radiolawtalk.com. Welcome to Radio Law Talk. I'm your host, Frederick Penny, with Denise Dirks and Cal Hunter behind the glass. And sometimes Todd Cunin standing to my left or sitting to my left. Thank you, Todd, for joining us. Uh, Denise is a a lawyer that uh, handles family law matters. I'm a personal injury lawyer. And we have um, Todd Cunin that does uh, criminal law. Isn't that true? You do criminal law? Former prosecutor? Yeah, I stopped committing criminal offenses and started defending them. There you Uh, go. That's smart. That's smart. uh, Hold on. i got to say, I I, I used to be a prosecutor. I'm not trying to imply that being a prosecutor is a criminal offense. It was a joke, a bad pun. Sorry if anybody who knows I was a prosecutor, I'm not trying to say you're all criminals. All right. Call us at 855-LAW-RADIO if you have any questions. What's the, uh, Denise, the actual phone number? You've got the list of the actual number. What is it? I do. It's 855-529-7234. So call us. Or, Radio or, Talk. or tweet us at Radio Law Talk. If you are listening to this at a later time, you can go ahead and email us. A lot of you email after the fact, and we appreciate that at info at radiolawtalk.com. We can't answer you all the time. Remember, we can't give you a bunch of legal advice uh, um, via email. Um, but uh, if you have some questions, you know, that's and or you want something you want to talk about us to talk about in the air, we can review it and determine whether uh, we can do that. Remember, we are talking about general topics of law. Seek legal counsel that is local to you or even not local. Go find counsel in your state uh, other than Christmas and Thanksgiving around the dinner table. That's when you want to use Radio Law Talk. Uh, and uh, make sure your in-laws are there listening to you when that happens. And cite your source. That's exactly right. Cite your source, Radio Law Talk. WAEB, 790 AM, Allentown, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Welcome. Uh, they are our newest affiliate that joins us. Uh, we are so happy to have them. Guess what? We want to talk about something really interesting. We're going to talk about the new police use of force law. California is coming out with a new use of force law for police officers that is groundbreaking, good or bad, and I think that some states are going to start accepting it. And then we're going to discuss also in that same vein a Florida man, the Florida Stand Your Ground law. A Florida man just was prosecuted 
for standing his what he claims he's standing his ground, protecting himself and using force and killing a man who uh, had knocked him to the ground. And we're going to discuss that uh, later on because that is a hot topic right now. The use, you know, the the defending yourself. How do you defend yourself? And and when's it when's it appropriate? And under the law, what can you do? And when when can you do it? And I'll tell you right now, this case right here in Florida that just uh, he just received just uh, was just prosecuted and they won the case against him. And I. Uh, second degree, I believe it's second degree murder or manslaughter, mm-hmm. or I have to look it back up. I'll look it up in a minute. But the point is, you and I know that's going to the Supreme Court. Well, he faces up to 30 years, right? That's exactly right. But that is going to the Supreme Court, whether or not there's a issue of, because many, many states have a stand your ground uh, 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 law and whether or not uh, you can defend yourself. Too. Yeah, actually, it's, it's derived from the Castle Doctrine. Yeah. So we'll talk a little bit about that as well. That's right. We're going to talk about that when we uh, after the case or no case, which is our most uh, interesting uh, part of the whole show. That I'm telling you, I talk to a lot of people about our um, about our. Um, radio show and uh, those who do listen say they love case or no case and uh, you know who loves it more than anyone the people in Salem Oregon and Medford Oregon which by the way on September 9th I will be in Salem and I will be in Medford uh, on their morning shows talking uh, to the people of Oregon about radio law talk but Cal roll the tape now it's time to play case or no case All right, I hope you're ready for this one. Richard Grand and his wife, Anna Marie Grand, had a zoo, a traveling, petting zoo. Based in Pleasanton, California, he would take a menagerie of small animals on the road to various county and state fairs, to mall openings, retail events, and what have you, primarily in the three western states, those on the west coast, Washington, Oregon, and California. He had all sorts of little, has all sorts of little critters. <laughs> all dom- right, all domesticated to withstand the terrors of the petting zoo kids. <laughs> kids with little food cups would have the baby goats, the miniature ponies, and the lemurs, and everything come up and pester them for a What's bite. What's He domesticated several animals, <laughs> like raccoons and skunks. Skunks, yes, they're so cute and cuddly like kitty cats. Uh, Richard was told uh, this, and so he thought, I'll try it. He found a little litter of skunks and skunk-napped two of them, put them them in with the kittens, and soon they ran around like little cats. Richard put them in the petting zoo, but he made one critical error. Whoopsie, he forgot. In the Mendocino community of Fort, Mendocino County community of Fort Bragg, the zoo was in town for a store opening, and little Cindy Mullins went right to the skunk and... Oh, boy. The skunk was tame and everything, but Cindy Lou startled it, and the skunk sprayed. Richard Grand was mortified. He knew he was supposed to have the skunk descended, but for some reason, it just skipped his mind. So the Mullins family sought legal counsel, and I ask you, case or no case? Now, Todd, I'm going to give you a chance here to uh, to start a... F- <laughs> to redeem yourself? Yeah, to redeem <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but uh, I'll give you a first shot at it. What say you? Is this a case or no case? And if so, what is the outcome? They were concerned that their daughter was traumatized now from all little animals and, of course, the smell and the clothes and humiliated. Have you ever been skunked? Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh, me too. And I... It's not fun. Oh, I, I could yeah. not yeah. take so, it. Yeah. It was awful. It's bad. 
I don't know, Cal. This case stinks. <laughs> exactly. So, um, <laughs> and that was just oh. sitting out there. The bad pun was, was like a softball. I had to I, hit it. I, I, I would not even okay. say that. I know. That so I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Okay, look. Oh, um, Captain I, Obvious. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Food goes in here. Hmm. I am going to say that. Uh, and this, he's putting his nose. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to say that this is a case. Okay. And I will also say. That this guy with the zoo having a skunk violates not, uh, some something about having wild animals without a specific permit, and I'm going to say that the skunk falls under that purview. So because he had the wild animal there and didn't have it descented and all of that, he is uh, facing liability, and the family wins. Okay. You say he lost the case. He lost okay. the case. All right, uh, Denise. Oh. We're going, we always go to the left. So, Denise, what say you? Skunk or no skunk? I'm sorry, case or no case? Um, it, it sounds like a very real um, possibility. It sounds like a scenario that could happen. Uh, I'm having a hard time thinking about kids petting domesticated raccoons and skunks. I wouldn't let my kid touch a raccoon or a skunk. <laughs> really? No. Absolutely not. So I'm going to say that Cindy Lou is a made-up story. That is a, no case. <laughs> okay. Mr. Penny? So you. the issue here is that the, the, in Cal, this is a California case. So yep. uh, first of all, Todd is right. that You have to have permits for uh, non-domesticated animals, which he had. I assume he had his proper permits. The question is, is it a strict liability case? Because on dog bites or dog attacks, it's strict liability. So if, it, if there's an ordinance that he broke, then it's a strict li- it could be a strict liability issue. And if an animal bites or attacks, it's a strict liability. And what's so, strict liability? Strict liability is auto- basically, to, without going in detail, automatically at fault. Okay. Liability-wise, they're at fault. So uh, I'm going to say, since we're running out of time, I'm going to say... That, that this guy had a duty. He breached his duty. There's damages to the girl from the skunk. She probably did have psychological issues afterwards. And I bet you it was a strict liability issue. But Cal made it all up. No case. <laughs> we'll be back after this to find out if Cal stumped us or not. Well, there's something to skunked be said us. for consistency here. Get your skunked you. I like it. I like it. Stay tuned. There's more Radio Law Talk coming up, including the answer to case or no case, right here. Don't go away. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Not all law firms have extensive experience in all areas of the law. It's wise to look for firms that have knowledge and understanding in your particular area of concern. So go to ProLawFirms.com. They have listings of attorneys in key areas of practice, such as family law, estate planning, personal injury, bankruptcy, and so forth. When you're looking for a lawyer that has extensive experience in your particular area of need, go to ProLawFirms.com. That's ProLawFirms.com. 
PenningProLawFirms.com is not a law firm and does not endorse or recommend any specific law firm. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny and Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny and Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to PennyLawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y Lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In. Ready to grow with you. I'm going to quick quack car wash, get my car washed, make it quick quack, pretty shiny sexy just because I want to don't drive dirty, going to get my car suds in the quick quack car wash. It's the quick quack, quickest and the cleanest by far, we're talking three skinny minutes sitting right in your car wash, a hundred feet of cloth, washing your car at the quick quack car wash. Any Honda, Mazda, Ford, or Chevy, Sauber, Cadillac, quick quack, will spruce her up just like that. You'll be happy looking snappy, you'll be glad you was at the quick quack. Car wash, get on the web and go to don'tdrivedirty.com and see where you got your closest quick quack in the local area. Get in your car, get in your truck, get on the road and come visit the dock. Quick quack car wash, where your car will always leave happy, guaranteed. They take pride in being clean and green by conserving and recycling the water they use only at the Quick Quack Car Wash. All right, guys, we need to have you read some lines for our disclaimer promo. But first, can anybody tell me what a disclaimer is? Right then. Well, uh, Denise, you go ahead. Non uti por questus purpurium juris consult. Latin, that's a nice touch. Thank you, Denise. Next time we'll try it in English if that's okay. Fred, how about you? Cal, I don't want to read all this. Can we just tell the people that we're discussing general legal issues and they should hire their own attorney instead of relying on what we have to say here? Well, we could, I guess. Uh, uh, Chris? I'm not going to be there anyway. Why have me do it? Let's, Let's have, have Todd, Todd do it. it. Me? Read disclaimers? Why, I couldn't. <clears throat> the information you hear on Radio Law Talk is general... The preceding promo was for entertainment purposes only. And if you want true legal advice, contact your own lawyer. Just a tip from your friends at Radio Law Talk. Be sure to read our disclaimers on radiolawtalk.com as well. Oh, come on. You're listening to RadioLawTalk.com. And now, back to your host, Frederick Penny. We're back talking about case or no case. And before we go on with that, I have I, I, I failed to mention something important 
WAEB 790 AM in Allentown, Pennsylvania, we discussed as our new affiliate. On September 14th, unfortunately, Denise is going to be gone, but we're going to have a guest lawyer out of Pennsylvania on our show from Cohen, Feely, uh, Altamos, and Rambo. And believe it or not, that's the last name is Rambo. I want him as a lawyer. I, you know, uh, Marty Cohen, <laughs> actually, I know very well. The other partners I don't know very well. But oh, I know Marty. Well, yeah, Marty. Yeah. So what, what, we're going to have them on. I don't know if it's Marty Cohen or one of his partners that's going to be on, but September 14th, join us. That's going to be fun. Not that it's not going to be any better with Denise. We'll miss Denise, but it'll be interesting to hear uh, this law firm, Marty Cohen, or his partners take on a law of our cases because they're not just going to talk about what's going on in Pennsylvania. They're going to talk about some of the cases we're going to discuss. And uh, it's always fun to have someone else opine or discuss things, uh, even though we're not doing this uh, for you to listen to or to use. So case or no case we just talked about was about this very important uh, issue uh, in uh, the skunk that uh, sprayed a little girl in California and uh, whether or not this individual who brought his little tiny mini zoo around could be sued or not by the little girl because the skunk he thought, or he did not necessarily think, but he forgot to de-scent them, and the little nice skunk that was not biting or being mean just decided to spray a little girl. So the answer, uh, according to Denise and I, is that was wonderful, but it was no case, and Todd said case, and the little girl wins. Yes, right. did. That's what we have. That's what we have. So now I guess what we need to do is provide, or we'll do our reveal. We'll pull the pull the cover off of the newly remodeled car, I guess, as okay. they do. Now, so for those of you who say this was not a case, may I see your hands, please? That would be Fred and Denise and, uh, and cheering. Oh, man. To cheering. <laughs> oh, cows have a technical difficulty yeah, again. Denise, again. Denise, Denise. I, fix, Denise. I fix it and then it's broken. Yeah, cheering uh, because it is, in fact, a scenario that I made up. Cow! And the, Denise and I just hit you, you nailed got, it. Got me nailed. And the reason that's so was because the other night I was sleeping in the humble hunter abode. You know, I get up pretty early in the morning. I have a radio show that I do. And so I'm doing the show. And what happens? I smell something, and I go, <laughs> what's that? And next thing you know, my wife and my son are running around like maniacs out there because our little dog went out and yapped at oh. a skunk. Is your little dog named uh, Cindy Lou? No, Pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> Same difference. So, Todd, I'm sorry, but that means for you, uh, well... I'm still at 19. Let me see if I can find the... Uh, yeah, here we go. This means... No points for you. That's kind of what it means, and uh, and that's that. But next hour... A big major, you know, you guys love these. A big major corporation involved in a suit concerning one of its commercials. That's coming up next time on Case or No Case. But that's thank you very much. We don't worry about points. You guys just put it aside. People don't care what our points are right now because we want to talk about. Yeah, Fred and Denise. Fred, Denise, Denise. I Fred. need one of those. <laughs> Isn't that great, Denise? That we that we just nailed that one. What yes. we'll do is we'll get the little girl to come in and re- and record. Denise, Denise, Denise. <laughs> All right, we'll do one of those. You know, we we talked about this at the beginning of the show. And, and to us, it's very interesting. This is one that we all three decided, man, we want to talk about this because prior to the show, a lot of times we get together, we have all of our topics, those of you who want to know the behind the scenes. Throughout the whole week, we are working on topics. And we try to get the topics that are closest to, you know, 
Saturday because we're usually on a Saturday. Um, and what happens is, as we get closer, we then get these topics together, we study them, and then we determine which ones are first, which ones are second. And this is one that we all kind of put up uh, way up saying we want to talk about this because this is a very important thing when it comes to whether or not you believe uh, that you are a group that is being, you know, targeted by police uh, departments. Uh, and this is very important to police officers, too. It's the use of force law that the very, for, to our knowledge, the very first one that's come out and changed the use of force law regulations and generally the rules, at least the main you know, body of it. I'm sure there's been tweaks along the years of what officers can and can't do and what they can be li held liable for or not held liable for in use of force has dramatically changed in California to make it so the officers, it's more difficult for them to pull the trigger, basically. Isn't that correct, Denise? That's absolutely correct. And um, it actually um, changed the standard from a reasonable standard of, of what is considered that the police officer had to consider and whether or not what they considered was reasonable to raising that standard to what is necessary in defense of human life as perceived by a reasonable officer and based on the totality of the circumstances. So that is a different standard now. It's not a huge high, high standard. It's kind of more of a moderate type of a standard. But um, pretty much the police officers, the governor, the legislative branch, all these people came together and they all agreed to this new standard. Um, well, 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 it didn't, of, it didn't yeah. please everybody. Yeah, it didn't please everybody because Black Lives Matter was for this new law, and one of the, the new law, what they had in it, was that, that it was easier to prosecute police officers criminally, and the, and all the unions, the police officers, you said, we are not going to do that. And so now Black Lives Matter has backed away from supporting this because they, they took a lot of that stuff Yeah, out, because they which... wanted it to be easier to prosecute um, officers who use lethal force. Now, are we going to talk about this after the after the bottom yes. of the hour break? Yeah, yes, okay, we're going to talk about it more deep. Because Todd has read both laws. The old law, which came out in 1872, yeah. and, and then the new law and how it's different. But what I'm going to tell all of you out there, and you talk to any military person or any police officer, man or woman, black, white, you know, Hispanic, whatever you are, when you're in the situation, it is so urgent and so fast, sometimes you don't make the right decisions. And it's very, very difficult to make a right decision when there's a split second, you have to do the right thing. So that's what I see about police officers I worry about. Uh, but they're all for it, and we're going to talk about it when we get back, and Todd's going to break down the two laws. We'll be right back. Join us. Thanks for listening to Radio Law Talk on RadioLawTalk.com and on your favorite radio station. We will continue right after this break. Don't go away. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. 
Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. That's 800-263-2610. Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800-918-1376. 800-918-1376. That's 800-918-1376. Oh, stop it. All around the world, the world. This is RadioLawTalk.com. Boys are weird. They are, but Denise isn't. So uh, the use of force law is what we were talking about, and, and the, the old 1872 law and the new law that California is now kind of in the, the front runner of the, of the new use of force law that basically restricts pulling the trigger a little bit more for police officers in situations. And, Todd, you've looked at both laws, the old law and the new law, and, and it's interesting the comparison how things are changed. It, it is, and you had mentioned one thing about the Black Lives Matter movement and the question about liability for officers that violate this. You know, you think about the Rodney King case and all of that, and clearly those were officers who were on trial and faced liability for the actions that they had against Rodney King, and they were acquitted, which led to the riots that were down in L.A., because under the standard at the time, which is what we're going to talk about, the use of force was not deemed to be excessive against Rodney King. And I kind of get that when you look at a definition like this, okay? So under Penal Code Section 196, now this is this deals with homicide. It says in California, homicide is justified... When committed by public officers, first, when it happens in obedience to any judgment or competent of a competent court. Now, that's easy. I mean, look, if somebody gets a death penalty, somebody's got to, you know, put the person to death. So if it's according to that, it's okay. Um, but then it starts to get more vague. This is the old law from 1872. Homicide is justified when necessarily committed 
in overcoming actual resistance to the execution of some legal process or discharge of another legal duty. So under the law, if it was resisting somebody, technically, if somebody resisted a police officer who was trying to serve process or do some legal duty, homicide was justified in that situation. Now, again, this is 1872, Wild West. It's a little different, but there were no caveats, exceptions written into the law, so it was very vague, and people had to try to figure where the line was. Do you, do you think that's why um, officers have the most danger when they are executing arrest warrants? You know, because we just lost an officer yesterday to, and who was executing an arrest warrant uh, because of that. You know that that law, the people feel like they're justified. The officers are justified in using uh, lethal force. Well, I, I don't know if that was the impetus behind the law. Again, this is 1872 when the law first came out. I just I do know that serving warrants, doing that kind of stuff, it is very dangerous, especially when people get noticed that you're coming out. That's why, you know, a couple months ago, it was so dangerous when public officials announced that ICE was going to be coming to various neighborhoods because it raised the threat level for those trying to execute warrants. And and that is a very dangerous situation. Fred. Uh, Cal, you had a quick comment. What well, I was just going to say, in the old days, if you watch old movies, any time an officer would have someone, and the person would either drive away or they would run away, out comes the gun, bang, 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 bang. They were basically resisting by running, and they didn't chase him down. They just shot him. Yeah, I mean, the old that, days. And, the old and, days and, right, yeah. and that, under this law that Todd's describing, was a perfectly reasonable response according to the law. And, and Well, that gets us actually to Subdivision 3 of the old law, 196, which is... Homicide is justified when committed in retaking felons who have been rescued or escaped or when necessarily committing to arresting a person charged with a felony. So if you're out there to arrest somebody who's charged with a felony, whether it's by a warrant or not, or you just decide that they have committed that, if they take off under the law, under the old law, yeah, that's to pull out the gun and shoot them down. Well, they stopped doing that, by the way. Didn't yeah. worry. They stopped doing that. Well, they, they did, but the justification was still there. And because the justification was there, along with use of the use of reasonable force, it's difficult when a lawsuit would come up to, to identify where's the line that makes use of force unreasonable versus reasonable. Was it justified to shoot? Was it not? Because this is what the law says. And the amendment to the law is an attempt. And quite frankly, at this point, I, I can't make any opinion as to whether or not this amendment is going to be beneficial or not. Right. All I can do is tell you what it says. We don't know what it's going to be like till it till we see how it Works. And that's what a lot of the pundits are saying is the only scary thing is on all sides is we don't know how the the courts are going to interpret this because it's it's the laws there. But how does the court interpret it? Right. And, and, and now it's bringing the standard closer that if you if a police officer uses lethal force, then there has to be a lethal danger there. That, exactly. That's the biggest thing that I see, because, again, r- listen to this here. Under the old law, use of force was okay when the officer is trying to arrest somebody who had been charged with a felony, okay? Well, you or know, guilty of a felony. Well, just, just charged, trying to arrest somebody based on probable cause that you're trying to make an arrest for what you think is a felony. And they run and they shoot him. And then it was okay here because they are trying to arrest somebody based upon you, your probable cause that they are a felon, right? Well, here's the problem that 
we have with that. Tax evasion is a felony. And if you run, it's not a violent felony. It's not anything that you know anybody's going to get hurt, but it's a felony under the law. Yeah, could could you shoot somebody who's running away? Drug offenses, not justifying them, but they, they don't present eminent danger to people. And under the law, it was just a felony. The biggest change under the new law is what you said, Denise, which is it has to be a felony where somebody either lost their life or were in danger of or suffered great bodily injury. Now, Fred talked about instances about, you know, when you're in the heat of battle, you don't know. And I completely agree with that. I completely agree. You know, and it's not that it's not that hard of a concept to understand if we take it out of the criminal realm. What is it? People fear public speaking more than they fear death. I can talk to people all the time. <laughs> but when I stand up in front of a group of people, you start to get nervous and things. Don't, that's just speaking. Imagine what it's like when bullets are flying around and you think that you could die. Or right. someone might be shooting you. You're about ready to die. Exactly. Right. And the adrenaline gets going. But under this law, it does present some guidelines for folks before they even go into the situation. Imagine the officer is going to a location to provide backup. They think things might get a little heated, but they know that the only reason they're going down, going to that area is because of drug use or because of some nonviolent felony, Right. And so that's why they're uh, second-degree commercial burglary. Somebody got busted at the Walmart for trying to steal something, but it's technically a felony, okay? That's not something that typically lends itself to great bodily injury or death. When the officer shows up going to that location, they should already have in their mind that whatever happens, I can't use lethal force unless I think my life is in danger. It does change the ball game a little bit before they go in. It does provide a little bit more of a guideline, I guess, a line. I don't know if the line is, I'm, again, I'm not opining as whether or not the line's drawn in the right place, but there does seem to be a line there that a court can look at and say, well, you killed the guy, but you were responding to a misdemeanor. You were responding to a nonviolent felony. And so now we're not looking at that nature. We're looking at something else. You, you know, what if, what if you shoot the guy? It's a nonviolent felony. He wasn't armed. He didn't have anything. Well, that, that's going to make it more difficult for the officer to justify. However, they're still going to use, under the new law, the reasonable officer standard. So it is, what would a reasonable officer do in that situation, taking into consideration the totality of the circumstances and everything? It's, it's basically, no, there's no one-size-fits-all answer. And, and it's not just in defense of the officer. It can be in defense of another person. Absolutely. So it kind of is expanded in that way. Yeah, so, but the question is, who decides that, the judge or the jury? Well, in this case, I, I would say that the, the, use of, the use of force, for example, use of force is going to be an internal... There's going to be an internal mechanism in every police department about whether or not an officer should be disciplined or let go or anything like that because of the unlawful use of force. And then from a, a civil liability, when do officers face civil liability? When they use force that goes beyond what the law allows. So this is an attempt to draw a line somewhere where if the officers find themselves on the other side of it, they could face either civil or criminal liability, depending on the level of premeditation. And Go ahead. I, oh, I was just thinking of, of, of that case where the officer used the death chokehold on that person who's unarmed, just standing there, and then the guy dies. I, I think that that, under this law, would clearly be um, in violation of, of this new law. So does that now 
have issues with now police departments and cities or counties writing fatter checks on personal injury cases once someone is shot and killed and is the standard lower and easier for the plaintiffs now to bring these cases against police departments. That's one thing I just wonder. Yeah. So we're going to find out. A lot of stuff we're going to find out about uh, as this as this is implemented. And we'll see if other states take this uh, this one on. I bet you New York might pick it up and some other states. So when we come back, we're going to talk about some interesting frivolous lawsuits. This is going to be fun. So don't miss this. You're listening to Radio Law Talk on your favorite radio station and, of course, on RadioLawTalk.com. We thank you for doing so and invite you to stay tuned because there's more of the show coming up. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to RadioLawTalk.com. Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please, don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800 918-1376-800-918-1376-800-918-1376-800-918-1376-800-918-1376-800-918-1376-800-918-1376-800-918-1376-800-918-1376-800-918-1376-800-918-1376-800-918-1376-800-918-1376-800-918-1376-800-918-
The preceding promo was for entertainment purposes only. And if you want true legal advice, contact your own lawyer. Just a tip from your friends at Radio Law Talk. Be sure to read our disclaimers on RadioLawTalk.com as well. Even in the hustle and noise of this modern world, we feel the pull of the forest. To walk under the canopy and feel transformed. National forests are essential to life. Majestic and grand, they clean our air, supply drinking water to millions, and provide homes to countless wildlife. They fuel our imaginations, inspiring us to think big, and now's the time to do just that. Fires and natural disasters devastate our forests each year. That's why we're replanting millions of new trees across the country. The Arbor Day Foundation needs your help. We've heard the call of the wild and we've answered. Scientists, foresters, volunteers, and members, together we can preserve and protect our heritage and legacy. We must act now so that the generations of today and tomorrow can continue to depend on our forests. Visit arborday.org. See how you can help. Radio Law Talk. I like that show. This is Radio Law Talk. So we're going to get to an interesting frivolous lawsuit that you've got to hear about that's hilarious out of Akron, Ohio. Uh, But uh, the the Stand Your Ground law that just came down, this case where an individual uh, was convicted of manslaughter for, according to him, standing his ground and protecting his girlfriend and himself from an individual, in my opinion, that was did a wrong thing. Uh, clearly, if you look at the video, this the individual that was shot and killed did something wrong. He knocked this guy to the ground. He was physical. He shouldn't have been. And uh, but the guy then looks like he went too far. You know, the guy turns around the individual that was shot and killed and and is like walking away. Um, so the, 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 this comes into play, the stand-your-ground laws. And, and what is the stand-your-ground law? Well, it's derived from a common law that was called the Castle Doctrine. And common law is what, what the United States in general kind of got, inherited from England. And it was like the law that was most common to all the states, for lack of a better description. But this was called the Castle Castle doctrine and what that meant was that you had the duty to retreat in any situation if you could safely retreat and save yourself and not use lethal force except in your home the exception was in the man in his castle he gets to if somebody comes in there and they have you know a gun and he can even if you can safely retreat and lock yourself in a bathroom you don't have that duty to it so what happened in Florida is they extended that idea about no duty to retreat and stand your ground on a statewide level not just in your home but it can be on public streets which is pretty unusual basically your personal space is what you're talking about Denise that's right and so this became I think it was it started in the 60s Cod is that when this this uh, stand your ground started in other states as well I believe so but there's, but there's more, how many states, Todd? Right now, about half the states in the union have uh, stand your ground. Twenty-five of the fifty have stand your ground laws, um, allowing you to defend yourself. Interestingly enough, it, the stand your ground laws kind of mirror. We just got through talking about police use of force. They kind of mirror the law when it comes to police use of force, because in that 
in that instance, it says an officer is not required to retreat or to run away before they can use force to defend themselves. And the stand your ground laws are loosely based on this idea that, well, citizens can make citizens arrests for violations of the law. How come citizens wouldn't be able to use the same use of force to protect themselves in, in protecting themselves against any sort of crime that an officer would be able to use? That's the thinking. And so you've got these ground, these uh, ideas, despite the fact that maybe the training variant for officers is a lot different than private citizens and, and whatnot. But that is on the books. Yeah, that's this interesting thing. This is again, I've, I've mentioned this, this is going to go to the Supreme Court it because is. this 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 individual, according to the law, according to the way they see the law, he was standing his ground. And and even if the guy was going walking away, he still uh, the individual is still the first one that knocked him down, you know. So, so uh, you know, one of the one of the things that is interesting, you, we, we're probably all familiar with the Trayvon Martin case that happened in Florida. Yes. That was uh, quite some time ago, and that was a stand-your-ground law case. Now, in that case there, a couple of differences between that one and this one, because some people might look at this and go, well, how come Trayvon Martin, how come, how come the defendant in that one was found not guilty, and this guy was found guilty? They're both stand-your-ground laws. I mean, the cases were very opposite in terms of facts. In the, in the Trayvon Martin case, that would be the victim, uh, there was no video of the incident. In this case, there was surveillance video that showed the whole thing, and that was shown to the jury. In the Martin case, the allegation was that Martin actually got on top of the guy, was hitting him, and reached for his gun, so the guy pulled his gun out to shoot Martin, so it was closer to, if you believe the facts, a, a self-defense. Uh, yeah, the defendant's yeah, facts. Defend, defendant's facts, his version, that was the case. In this case here, as shown on the video, um, you know, the defendant had gotten into an argument with the victim's wife. She was parked in a handicap zone with their two kids, and and the defendant was arguing with her about why she was parked in the handicap zone. And the def- and the the victim came out and saw the argument and pushed the defendant. That's to what the, the video showed. Pushed him to the ground, yep. and then turned to walk away. At which point, the defendant pulls out his gun and shoots. Well. Pulls out his gun and shoots him in the chest, which would indicate that maybe he didn't turn completely around to walk yeah, away. No, he I mean, did the, not the, walk shot, away. the shot was to the chest, but still, the video. I don't. Time, it showed him backing up. Yeah, the, the video didn't show him trying to further any more aggression, if you will. But again, there's no sound of the video. We don't know what was being said. So let me tell you what happens here. Here's the here's the thing that uh, we, we should learn from this. Everyone should. I tell you that the individual that got shot was doing something improper. That's he right. walked. She did. She had children in the car. This was a young lady had children in the car. He walks up to the car and tries to tell her you're in a handicap parking. You shouldn't be there. That is not his place. That is not his place. That's the police officer. He picked a or fight. Or that's someone else. He, he picked, picked a fight. A fight. Yeah. Now, that has, no, that has nothing to do with whether or not this guy deserves to be shot and killed, too. But, you know, this is where we have to, as citizens, just calm down. Sir, you shouldn't do that. And not only that, the individual, he comes out and he, and he knocks him down. He starts backing up. Now, I could see the individual laying on the ground. I'm just speculating, okay? Let's just talk outward. So pull if he pulls his gun out and points at him, I think the guy really backs off, right? Right. Don't shoot him. Yes. But if you pull your gun out, 
now you're protected, right? If the guy comes at you, because he is laying on the ground. That's right. You know, you pull it out and see what happens after that. If the guy comes at you, then maybe that's a, that's self-defense. Now, again, I'm just seeing the arguments. I could right. see a jury saying, you could have pulled your gun out, pointed at him, say, I'm going to pop you if you don't back off. Well, it, it, you know? it goes to the California doctor, which is a reasonable threat. Would a reasonable person think that you have a threat coming at you, or did you use too much force for the circumstance? You used, right? You right. used lethal force when lethal force was not used against you. Yeah, and that's, that's the, yeah, that's knocking, knocking him down <clears throat> is not necessary. Now, if he was afraid of the guy coming after him and his children and his family, and then he was being more aggressive and coming toward them again, then that's a different story. But at least, again, hindsight's twenty twenty. Pull your gun out, point it at him, stop. You know what this reminds you, me of? You know? This reminds me of a Tom Petty song. Stand your ground and I won't back down. Right? There you go. Stand your ground and I won't back down. <laughs> but anyway, it's a sad, no matter what, it's sad. This whole thing is sad because you got an individual who has his own child that is dead, and then yet you got a, a guy that's going to be doing time that probably shouldn't be doing time either. So neither of them should have. But I think the problem is everyone out there listening, these are a couple individuals that were a little bit too hot headed. Yep. And yes. needed to back off. Both of them needed to back off and it gets you in trouble. That's why I always say, you know, road rage, when a guy clearly or a gal does something against you, you, you want to get, it's like, back off. Just let it go. Just let it go. And then don't forget, you know, everyone's got families. Everyone's got friends. You know, let, let's let's try to get along. I'm not trying to be a little a little uh, on my high horse here, but, but this is important. Let's talk about frivolous lawsuits. Okay. This is it, one. I don't, I don't think this is frivolous, to be honest with you, but um, it, it, it could be. Um, in September 1988, there were two Akron, Ohio-based carpet layers named Gordon Falker and Gregory Roach. They were severely burned when they took this carpet adhesive and placed it next to a hot water heater. And when the hot water heater went off, it blew up. And the question was, was there adequate notice on that adhesive that said, don't place this and it can blow, uh, in a hot place and it's going to blow up? What it said literally was flammable and keep away from heat. But th- what the jury found was that these two um, victims did not cause it and they did not they were not negligent um uh, in placing that adhesive next to the water heater because they didn't expect an explosion now ultimately they got eight million dollars that's a lot well that, so there, there, there's probably more to it than this legal zoom is the one that's talking about this we i got this from legal zoom that was kind of funny but we're uh, what time how much time we got cal about 45 seconds okay because i want to say one quick thing before we go i want to let you know that that, that, that it's interesting that carpet layers didn't know that this stuff, and by the way, I've had that adhesive and I've I've done that before. Just smell the thing. You know this stuff's going to blow. You know, I'm wondering, <laughs> okay, guys, let's put it right next to uh, the water heater here. And I, I guess, you know, the, who knows the water heater, it, it might not cause a problem. So anyway, we'll be right back. Uh, uh, for hour number three, join us, and we're going to talk a lot about uh, a couple other interesting things. A famous hockey player uh, is arrested, and we're going to discuss that and uh, some lawsuits about elections. We'll be back. This is Radio Law Talk, and we thank you for listening.
You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated. Age of 50 and considering buying an annuity in the next 60 days, I have some important news for you. Don't buy an annuity until you understand the pros and cons of annuities. A free book to help you maximize your retirement income from television host and three-time author Josh Melberg has been released. This book reveals little-known truths about annuity strategies in simple-to-understand terms. Grab a pen right now because we are about to offer you this free book that unlocks the five little-known secrets we believe baby boomers and seniors should know before buying an annuity. Call 800-985-1813 now and you'll receive a free copy of Josh Milberg's book, Next Gen Annuity Strategies Revealed. As a bonus, we'll also send you a copy of The Number One Mistakes Retirees Are Making With Their Investments Today and a free DVD on how you can get up to 33% more income in retirement. Call 800-985-1813 now. Again, that's 800-985-1813. Employees of J.D. Milberg Financial have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer.